0: you please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day where you have gathered us around your word. Be us in our home or wherever we may be hearing your word, we pray that you would guard our hearts from the attacks of Satan, that you would open our hearts to hear your word, that you would make them fertile soil where your word would take root and where faith would grow and be nourished in your love and your grace and your forgiveness that you have for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. The familiar parable today, the parable of the sower. And I love this setting. You know, Jesus has been walking around the towns around the Sea of Galilee. He's been casting out demons. He's been healing and he's been teaching. And as he comes to the shore side, as he comes to the seaside there, a whole crowd is gathering around. A whole crowd who had seen his work A whole crowd that comes from all different walks of life, so much so that he had to go out into a boat a little ways off the shore so that he could speak to the crowd that was on the shoreline. And as he speaks, the first words out of his mouth in this day at the beach is people are sitting along the shoreside waiting to hear from this rabbi, from this teacher, from this wandering guy who's doing miracles starts talking to him about planting. And like I said, it's a familiar parable. But possibly a little too familiar. See, when things become really familiar, we start to just kind of maybe fall into some pitfalls or we we stop looking at some of the details of things and we start to, well, at least in our culture, really take things and point them at ourselves. See, one pitfall is maybe we start to overanalyze the soil. Maybe we start to overanalyze this ground that Jesus is talking about, we start to figure out uh, who we are as soils and we start to try and overanalyze who our neighbor is as a soil and where do they live at in life. Are they rocky? Are they fertile? Are they the beaten path where, you know, the word's just gone? It's not even there anymore and we kind of forget about them. Let me sum all that up for a second. You're all of them. At some point in time in your life, you're every single one of those soils. So if we're not going to focus there, where where else might we fall short? In the the church sometimes, maybe we start to overanalyze the yield. Jealousy creeps in. We see where the word is taking root in someone's life, and you see a hundredfold of the blessings of that fruit, and maybe you're sitting there looking at twofold, wondering why God hasn't done so much in your life. And these are hard things. We wrestle with that jealousy, or we wrestle with, trying to kind of overanalyze where things are at. So there's a big church word, though, that we need to know and that uh, we need to kind of wrap our heads around as we look at this parable. And that uh, word is a paradox, right? Two seemingly opposing things that are both held as true. Logically, that doesn't always make sense. But in the church, especially the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we hold a lot of things intention like that. Here's a very familiar one for you. A sinner, saint. How does that work? A sinner because of your flesh, and you're a saint because God has made you so in all that Jesus has done for you in forgiving your sins, yet you know each day by your experience that you're a sinner, yet you hear God's word that he calls you a saint. And they're both there at the same time a lot of times as we wrestle with that tension. There's another one We call it a a now and not yet tension. We have all the promises of God now. Everything that he has promised to you in your baptism, everything that he has promised you and what Christ has done for you on the cross and in his resurrection, the life, the forgiveness of sins, Christ's righteousness, every blessing God has is absolutely yours. Secured in what Christ has done for you. Yet, we don't have it fully realized yet. We wrestle with the fact that we don't see that in our lives necessarily all the time. We might get glimpses of it, but we don't see the full realization of that yet. Then there's another one. God's word is absolutely all-powerful, and it can be rejected. How does that work? If God's word is absolutely all-powerful, then shouldn't it just have one constant effect? It should change everything that it comes in contact with? Yet we also see from experience and life that it can be rejected. You reject it. Maybe not all the time. But think of that confession earlier. I have sinned against you, God, in thought, word, and deed. Even that word comes into our life when those temptations also come into our life and those times come where we have an opportunity to look at something facing us and we say, I hear God's word in the direction I should go, but I don't like it and I'm going to go this other way. I'm going to reject the word I hear and I'm going to go for what I want. And that's what we wrestle with. We wrestle with the fact that God calls us one direction, yet in our sin and in our flesh we walk away from it. Thanks be to God for his continual forgiveness. See, the, the sower in this parable is not a wise sower. You've gardened, right? You take seeds, and if you're going to plant a garden, you very meticulously plan out where those seeds are going to go so that they're uh, close enough to each other to support, but not so far apart to where uh, you're, you know, they're going to fail. And so you want to make sure that they get the right water, that there's the right spacing, that everything is going on. If you watch field crops uh, go up and... Uh, In Ventura County, where I grew up, you saw a lot of strawberries planted. You would see the rows and rows and very particular places in which things were planted so that they would grow and yield in perfect ways. But the sower in this parable, he's just throwing the seed around. He's just casting his word or in the parable, casting that seed everywhere. It's going on the path. It's going in the thorns. It's going in the good ground. It's going on the rocky ground. It's going everywhere. See, that's our Jesus. That word of forgiveness that he has to bring gets cast everywhere. He throws that word out everywhere. His work that he has done goes everywhere. <clears throat> and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. And we want that word maybe just to stay in one controlled area where we get to hear it for ourselves and not really go share it anymore. If that's not what the sower does. See, the sower sows, not just a one-time thing, but a continual thing. And as our Lord sows that seed, sows his word out into creation, it is cast absolutely everywhere. In that moment, when he was talking to people on the shore side, he was kind of defining just kind of what the world looked like. What the church looked like at that point. The people that were there were all over the board as far as how they were going to receive and hear that word. And that's the thing. Everywhere that sower cast seed, that seed landed. Every heart that God's word is spoken to, hears the word. The word is never mute. That word is spoken. There's ears there that hear it. Now, whether or not it's rejected, that's the other part. Part of things. See, God speaks his word into every life, and sometimes it's rejected. And that's the part that hurts. That's the part that's hard to watch. Yet it happens. And so as life goes on, we start trying to figure out whether or not somebody's hurt it. But maybe that's not necessarily our job. Our job as we are sent forth as Christians is to continually speak God's grace, continually speak his forgiveness in Jesus. That same word that was spoken into your life to bring you forgiveness of sins is the one that he sends us out with to speak. And just like Paul had said when, you know, Apollos watered after he had planted or however that worked, but it was God that gave the growth because God's the one that grows the faith god's the one that brings that seed from a seed into a plant god's the one that produces the yield god is the one that makes that plant fruitful it wasn't so long ago i was talking to a pastor who was kneeling at the bedside of a dying man and this man had heard the word a long time ago But if you were to guess his soil type at any point, you would say he was one of the thorny ones where the word lasted for a little while and the thorns and the cares of life choked it out. Almost to nothingness. And it was at the final breaths and times where, as Pastor was saying, he got to speak words of forgiveness. He got to say words that the thorns had choked out for a long, long time. And in those very moments, you could see a little bud of faith pop open, a tear that rolled out where you saw the fact that God's word had worked, that God's word had changed things, that God's all-powerful word in that moment had worked upon this life, that man's life, in that very minute. You started to see a little bud of growth, a little bud of faith. Now, if you were to think of faith being a hundredfold or whatnot, that was maybe half a fold. You see, that's where we start to see the now and not yet tension as well. Because every single promise that God had made to this man in Jesus was absolutely true and there. Yet the full blossom of that growth, the full blossom of that faith, the full blossom of what God had given in his promises to him, It came about after his last breath here on earth. As he woke in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus said, welcome home, son. Here's all the blessings and promises that I had for you. Here's the hundredfold. Here's everything in which I died for you and are giving to you right now. You may not have seen it in your days on earth, but here in the new creation is absolutely every bit of blessing that I won for you on the cross every bit of blessing that I won for you in rising from the tomb, every bit of blessing that I hand over to you as a free and gracious gift. And that's the promise that we rest in. No matter where we find ourselves as a soil type and no matter where we think we are in the fold and the fruit of what grows from that soil, it's God's promises that remain true and it's God's promises that are handed over and the not yet time that's coming. So we look for the places where we can hear God's word. Here is one place. When you gather together with other Christians, is another place where we hear God's word spoken into our life to speak those words, and there are those that have not heard his word in a really, really long time. Maybe That's where you get to gather together with them to go speak his word. To go give them those same words of promise and forgiveness and truth. God loves his creation. He's coming back to take away all the thorns and thistles. Coming back to till all the rocks and get them all out of the way. And to rebuild his creation. Solely founded upon the good soil which he makes. Which he creates. And which he has set forth in Christ. Let. Him who have ears to hear, hear that word. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you would continually bring your word into our life and speak into our lives in ways in which we hear your word loud and clear, that you have loved, forgiven, and maintain us in Christ. And then would you give us strength to speak those same words to the folks that need to hear it? guided by your spirit, led on by your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.